0: first half is about the foundation, the truth, what reality is about. It's about our identity. The second half is about how we should live by this truth. Summarizing the first half is a prayer for us to know the power of the Spirit in our inner person, the love of Christ, which is beyond knowledge, and the destiny of being the very dwelling place of God. So you can summarize the foundation in that. And then the book is structured by Paul using the word walk seven times. He tells people to walk. And the seven walks in Ephesians I talked a lot about last time. The first two about the foundation of our identity. You once walked in death and sin, sin and death, but God's incredible love has made you a new creation. Now you have a new walk. And the second half of Ephesians builds on this foundation. So then we have second half beginning with walk number three, a new model for the church, the incredible goal Christ calls us into. And so the walk, he says, walk worthy of the calling you've been called into. So that's three walks. And then we have the, 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 the last four, five, six, and seven. You must no longer walk. And then the old way of walking in uh, chapter four, verse 17, Take of the old self, be renewed by the spirit in your mind, um, and put on the new self, and walk in love is the fifth walk. And the sixth walk, actually, I didn't want to say that. I was going to ask you to test you on what my seven words for last week were, or on my seven-word summary of the sermon from last week. Remember that? Hmm? Yes, live your life. Identity, walk in the light. That's right. Walk in the light is about living your identity. This week we have the last walk, which is walk with wisdom and in the Spirit. And so I'm going to do three things. I'm going to start with a careful reading of the passage that you have in front of you, Ephesians 5 15 to 21. Then we're going to look at being filled by the Spirit. And then we're going to look at the power and blessing. Of singing, so uh, before we actually look at the handout that you've got and look at the passage, uh, I want to give you a little overview of how this whole part of the the uh, the book works. It's rather nice. It's it's just rather beautiful the way it's done. So there's three places where you say don't do this, but do this, um, and this is why. And the first one is don't walk as unwise but unwise but as wise. And then make the best use of the time. And the last one is be filled by the Spirit. Now each one of those has got something that expands on it. But the last one, be filled by the Spirit, is expanded in four ways. And we're going to look at these. There's speaking to one another in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. There's singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. There's giving thanks always and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus uh, Christ, the God, to God the Father, and then submitting to one another out of allegiance to Christ. Now, this one ends up by being a, uh, leading us into most of the rest of the book, because we then have this submitting is shown in wives, husbands, children, fathers, slaves and masters and under the, under the banner of submitting. So the, this, uh, although the first two are fairly short, um, the working in wisdom and making good use of the time, the being filled with the spirit is actually a header for a big, big section unpacked with four verbs here. And the last one is the big one, submitting. And so I'm just giving you a heads up. That's where we're going to go into. And the whole thing kind of collapses into this neat little heading. But the last part, the submitting, is a header for the whole of the section. So let's go then and look at what you have on your handout. And we're going to look at uh, this passage. Now, I've, I, as I usually do, I have put colors on there to see what the how it fits together. And it's just beautiful how, how well-organized he is. And it starts off with the same kind of pattern as we saw earlier on in the book, with a negative, a positive, and an explanation. So earlier on, we had, um, we had let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor so that he may have something to give those who are in need. So a negative, a, thou shalt not, like the old commandments, but now in the new creation, we have a new statement, a positive statement, and then an expansion. So we have the same pattern here followed with these three things. Watch carefully how then how you walk. So this is the walk that heads up this section. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. It's interesting here that time is more important than money here, And I, I think uh, it's taken us, you know, 2,000 years later, we're realizing that you know money is money, and money doesn't make you happy, but time is something you have a limited everybody has a limited amount of it. And so here's the emphasis: Make the best use of your time. Now what does he mean that the days are evil here? Um, it, what I really think is meaning is that that what we're to do is to replace, uh, the evil days with good days. Uh, Let me give you an example of, I think, the expression. Imagine you're a doctor and you were, there was just mass, uh, sickness and somebody said to you, make good use of your medicine because the country is sick. So your goal is to actually bring health to the country. And so when it says the days are evil, it doesn't mean to say the days are like there's something evil about days. It's saying these days have got an opportunity for you to bring healing to them, to bring this wisdom of God to them. So you've got all of these days laid out in your life, all the days coming in your life, and you have been given the wisdom of God and you can apply those days so the days are not evil anymore but the days are good and full of God's wisdom. So I think that's the idea that's behind that. Um, the second, be, so do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And this is, um, sounds very general, but actually I think this is um, opening us up to the rest of the book of Ephesians and how it's going to work. And then he says, do not get drunk with wine. And I've translated it, um, uh, for that is a wasteful loss. So some translations will have, oh, that is dissipation or various words used there. The word actually simply means um, complete waste. It's the same word used in the parable of the lost son who got all the inheritance from his, his, his family, went off to a far country, and just wasted it all. Like all this value just gone. And so what it's saying is being drunk is just like a waste it's actually the same word as we use for to save but it's with a negative on the front of it so it's the opposite of saving the opposite of of of, of making good use and so and now by the way, i don't think he's he's um, limiting to wine here i don't think he's saying no wine's bad beer is okay you know, whiskey's fine. No, this is, this is a general one. In fact, it's not just alcohol. I think anything that would lead to addiction and loss of control would be covered by these, these kind of things. And so um, uh, this is the, the uh, um, statement that's been made. Now, it's not saying that alcohol is wrong. We know that Jesus drank alcohol. But it's, the, it's being drunk that's the problem. It's actually being having, it's losing control here, which is wrong in this situation. Then we come to the climax here. Do not uh, be continually filled by the Spirit. And I put the word continually in there because that's actually there in the original. The, the, in, in Greek, you can have different ways of saying things, you can say things that happen once and use a particular verb, but you can have a different form of the verb when you want to stress that this is going to keep on happening. And this is what he uses now. It's not that you once get filled with the Spirit and then you're good to go the rest of your life. No, you have to keep drinking at the same well and continually being filled. So I put the word continually in to accurately stress that. And now it actually says, often it's it's translated filled with the Spirit, but in fact, it says filled by the Spirit. So what are we filled by? Well, earlier on in Ephesians, it talks about being filled with all the fullness of God, being filled with his love, and I think those are included in here, but I think that not only that, I think probably the main thing is the Spirit is filling us with himself, because there are many other places where a similar expression is used in the New Testament, and it's talking about being filled with the Spirit. So I think that um, saying by the Spirit widens it out a bit to, be including, to include being filled by God's love and filled with his, with his power and so on. Um, but primarily I'm going to suggest that we are being talk about being Spirit-filled here and it's the Spirit who's filling us. So um, uh, we, we might... So, uh, yeah... So why would we have a parallel between uh, why, being drunk on wine and being filled by the Spirit here? Uh, I don't think. I mean, there's one place at Pentecost where they were. Somebody suggested they were drunk. I don't think that's the primary idea here. Um, I think the primary thing here is that uh, the the. The, the complete wastefulness and loss of being drunk on wine compared with the amazing gain that we have as being filled with the Spirit, where we have everything being when we're being filled with the Spirit. Um, so, so I think that's the, that's the idea that's there. Now, one thing I want to point out, which is at the bottom of your sheets here, I'm going to um, switch back here, the bottom of your sheets here is uh, a parallel with the book of Colossians, and this is, I've talked before about Colossians and Ephesians being like brother and sister, they're they're sibling letters he wrote to cities that are not that far from each other, and probably at similar times, and so it's very helpful to have these kind of parallel bits that enable you to to make sure you're understanding one of them right, and this is a beautiful place where we can see. So uh, we have, um, at the top here, Uh, watch carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making best use of the time. And here we have, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. So here, there's an interesting suggestion that um, it's not just our own time, but time spent with others, spreading the gospel to them. And then um, we have, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And we have exact, almost exactly the same thing. It's set, here it says, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And here we have the, the thankfulness motif is here, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And here we have always giving thanks and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. And then Colossians says, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Very, very similar. This is one of the places where there's the closest similarity between the two books. And so it's just good to see that and see how those fit together. So that's my overview of the passage. What I'd like to do now is to dig more deeply into this part that talks about being filled by the Spirit continually. And I would like to just, uh, just have a look at what those things mean and how we can how we can look more closely at them and so um, and then the power of blessing of singing so let's look at this passage here um, so the command then to be filled by the Spirit is followed by these um, four statements let me just bring these up and you can see how They all fit together. There's there's a a verb, you know, speaking, singing and making music, giving thanks, submitting. And then there's a to, who it's to. To one another, to the Lord, to God the Father, to one another. And then there's how we do it. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with your hearts, always and for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then out of allegiance to Christ. So this is the... the, uh, Four things that he's got. Now, we might expect a list of gifts to be there. We've been talking about being filled with the spirits. And in other places, there's gifts. And actually, earlier on in Ephesians, there's gifts. But that's not the focus that we have now. Um, these are, are, those are, the gifts are things that are given to us, and we do. But these things here flow out of our inner person, the core new person that we are. And you can see here the emphasis on thankfulness. You can see here that we've got a climax here. that is giving thanks always and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God and Father. So um, this is, and when we come to the submitting, and you will see that that again is all about who we are as a new creation in Christ. So let's just step back a bit. It says continuously, continually filled by the Spirit. Now, here's a question. These four things here, is this how we get filled by the Spirit, doing those? Or is it what it looks like when we're filled by the Spirit? Which is it? It's what it looks like if we're filled by the Spirit. It's both, okay? So we have a both what it, uh, any other suggestions I'm going to go with myla and and it's it's both I think it's both it's I, I'm going to argue that doing these things is what brings us into uh, receiving more of God and I'm going to argue that actually when we receive more of him then this is what it looks like and uh, uh, so uh, I think that this is actually describing what it means what it looks like to be a new creation it's interesting this um, Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs which we saw in that same reference in Colossians the word Psalms is usually used in a Jewish context and so it refers to Old Testament Psalms but also in um, in um, Judaism at the time they would use that word for their songs hymns would tend to be more used in a gentile context for their own um, pagan worship, um, or just their songs. Um, they would, they would, hymns would be like their poetry that they wrote out and sang. And so, um, and then spiritual songs is a very general one that could mean anything. And so, what I think is it's being expressed here is diversity—that actually it's all kinds of singing that's being talked about here. Everything, you know, from a one-line chorus that you sing to something that's much, that's a long psalm that's written out that you sing, uh, uh, it's um, it's all kinds of things. Now, it's very interesting. We actually have some phenomenal information from outside the Bible about what was happening here, because one of the Roman governors wrote to the emperors describing these awful Christians and what they were doing. And he said, they get together in their in their meetings and they sing. He said, and what they do is they sing antiphonally. And what that means is they half of them will sing one line, the other half will sing the second line back to the first, and then there were, the third line they'll sing back, and they would alternate, they'd have split into two and alternate the song they would sing to each other. And there's a beautiful way of doing it because you're singing to one another and you're singing to God. And that's been done in the church at different times. And, you know, maybe we should try that sometime at New Life. But this is, we have actual eyewitness evidence that this is how, in practice in these churches, one of the things that they would do is they would do this kind of sing song where half would sing to the other half and back again. So I just think that's rather beautiful that that they would do it that way. and um, And it explains how... The, um, they could say to one another here. Because is it to God or is it to one another? Well, in that case, it's to both, because you're singing to the other person praises to God. So I think it's rather lovely. Uh, I think that, um, we're not, so we're not to make a sharp distinction between the Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. The three words are put in there to emphasize the diversity of how it's done. Also, I think the to one another, and to the Lord, is there to emphasize that praise, that being communal in our praise has got something extra um, that connects us to the Spirit that's not there if you're off on your, your own with nobody else to hear you and you're singing praise. Not that that's a bad thing to do, but there's something going on when we are together doing it. And then when we look at the content of our praise, um, What should it be? Well, a a large part of it is giving thanks. And how do we give thanks? Always and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not just on Thanksgiving Sunday. Always and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the God and Father. And then we move on in verse 21 to introduce the, the last part of the letter to the Ephesians. So these are the ones here. Uh, in 19 and 20, which are talking about our singing, which I would like to to just to to do a little bit of focusing on today, and so I'm going to 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 concentrate now for the last bit of this message today on the subject of singing. So, the power and blessing of singing. <clears throat> So I want to just say some things about praise in practice. You're speaking to God. Verse 19 said the praise is to God. And uh, we're going to, at the end of my, the last bit of my message here, we're actually going to do a, 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 a song together. And we're, the first time through, we're going to just pray as a prayer to God. It's interesting that the, in the book of Psalms, the most of the Psalms are by David, the majority, the largest number. And, um, it says, at the end, it says, the prayers of the son of Je- uh, David, the son of Jesse are ended. So it calls them his prayers. So actually, the Psalms are David's prayers as well as his songs. And so you can think of, I think it's a really good way of thinking of our songs as being our prayers as well, uh, speaking to God. And, um, Uh, so this is this is um uh my my, the first comment that I want to make here and I want to say that um that praise it should be vocal and I I, I want to suggest that there's been damage has been done by a passive worship culture today, where, you know, you just, you just put on a CD, or you put on Spotify, or whatever, and you just let it play, and you think you're worshipping. I mean, can you imagine uh, a married couple, and she says, um, could just tell me that you love me. And he says, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put on this love song on this, on my, on this CD player. I'm just going to carry on doing what I'm doing. You can listen to that. <laughs> What's she going to think of that? Is she going to take, like, the love song playing in the background as equivalent to being told that you are loved? I don't think so. And I'm not saying, I, you know, it's great to have worship music on. There's no problem with that. The problem is if we are passive and we just think that that counts as our praise to God, because we actually have to engage in in, in saying something to God if we're going to be worshipping him. So um, there's a... Uh, uh, and I also want to talk about, um, I mentioned the Psalms with the, called the Prayers of David. Um, there's a, a wonderful book on praise in the Psalms by a man called Ro, Ro, um, Ronald B. Allen, and he calls it Praise a Matter of Life and Breath. And uh, in this book, he talks about um, the Psalms, and in the, in the Psalms, praise to God must be vocal and wherever we can in a public forum. And he tells a story. In his book, he was um, at a, a big event. He was absolutely exhausted. He was driving home from this event late at night. Somebody had given him a box of apples which were on the back seat. And um, he was, uh, it, was, it was dark. Visibility was poor. It was a, a lone country road. And uh, he suddenly he came to a junction. He didn't see the stop sign at the junction. And he just drove right through. And then he realized it wasn't Uh, a junction it was a t-junction and he was driving off the road and he slammed his brakes on like I just heard the screaming of the brakes and apples showering everywhere from the back seats smashing against the windshield against him and uh it's the scream brakes and he came to a stop and he hadn't hit anything and the first words out of his mouth were thank you god God, thank you. And he just sat there and he just gave thanks to God for a while. And he said, and then he, you know, when he felt well enough, he went back on the road and drove home. And then he met his wife and he said, when I spoke to my wife, that is when praise occurred. Because praise is ideally a communal thing when you tell someone else about what someone has done. You praise that person to another person. And, so, and this idea is there so commonly in the Psalms. So, for example, Psalm 9. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. Um, verse 11. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare his deed among the people, and that's why it is so good to sing together. Because when we're singing together, we are speaking the words of God. Uh, last month was the Cabbage Town Festival in in the area where I live and uh, we went out on the street and lots of, uh, lots of people doing things and selling things and there was somebody giving away gospel tracts and I said to him um, I, thank you. It, uh, you know, I already believe it but you know, I'm really glad you're doing this um, and uh, he, he, is a, he was from Pakistan and I said would you mind me asking how you came to know the Lord and he said I was brought up uh, just a really strong Muslim, uh, we were taught how to answer Christians, like we were taught, like, we, were, we were like Muslim of the Muslims. We did the, the, the Hajj, we did everything, you know, we were we were totally in there. He said, but I you know in my twenties I got curious about other religions and I went to this um I thought I'd try Christianity. I went to this big church, he said, amazing band, like incredible band. He said, but I thought, well, you know, Why aren't they enjoying a concert? Wouldn't you enjoy a concert of good music? He said, and then um, I went to this tiny little church, he said, and they didn't even have a band. He said, but they were all singing. He said, I looked at them. I couldn't believe it. Like they were singing like they meant it. I I thought, something is going on here. I have to find out what is going on here. And that's when he came to Christ. So... um, (coughs) Um, it's it's actually us singing which communicates to other people something about God. So I'm suggesting that when we sing that there should be some sound coming out of our lips. You know? Try it. Don't just make the words. Just try letting some sound coming out because you are actually praising God before the angelic host. You're praising God before us. You're encouraging everybody. And... uh, I know some weeks here, the the singing has been so loud. It's just so exciting when people are all engaged with singing. So uh, I really want to make that point here. Um, So uh, praising God is telling his works. It's telling forth, declaring, proclaiming. Here's another example, Psalm 107, 21. Oh, that people would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to mankind. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Um, in 1 Peter 2 9, there's a very clear verse. It says, But you are a chosen priest, to a generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Why is that? That you may proclaim the praises of him. Who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light? <clears throat> so, so uh, I'm suggesting that the act of praising God is an act of inviting the Holy Spirit into us. Can you imagine a child sitting by um, a, a running track and saying, "You know, I just wish I wish I was an athlete and I could run on this track. You know, I just wish I could." And what would you say? Well, get up and run. Because actually, as you start running, you become an athlete. You can't say you can't, you can't run until you become an athlete. It's actually both, as we heard earlier. It's both running makes you an athlete, and, and an athlete you can run. And so what I would say with this is it's the same. Just get up and sing. And don't say, oh, I can't sing because I'm not filled with the Spirit. No, get up and sing, and as you sing, then... You're, you're inviting the Spirit to come and to bless you. So um, these things then are of the Spirit. Uh, just um, one more verse here. A wonderful story, 2 Chronicles 20, when they, they're, they're trying to repel an enemy that's invaded uh, the land, and they, they send an army out. But the army, uh, at the begin, at the front of the army, they have the singers You don't normally have singers at the front of the army, but they did. And it says, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who'd come against Judah, and they were defeated. And so as they began to sing, the enemy was defeated. So uh, I want to say then, just to sum it up, um, my last slide, imagine God there right in front of you, And he actually is there. But imagine him there as you're singing. Be conscious that you're addressing him, actually speaking these words to him. And be conscious that he is listening to you and that he's pleased with your praise. And try and stay engaged in this way as we're singing. And uh, Dan's going to come up now. And we're going to to sing a song which uh, we sang earlier. And so you're familiar with it. And uh, it's, I think just epitomizes the kind of thanksgiving we want to celebrate today. It doesn't actually use the word thanks because the whole thing is thanks. The whole song is thanks. But what I'd like us to do right now, before we sing it, is to pray it. We'd, could we all stand up? And I'd like us to say this together. And I'm doing this because I want us to focus on the fact that that, that, that this is to God. So I want you to imagine that God is listening to you right now. You're speaking, and let's all say this together. Jesus, we praise you. God, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We are full of thankfulness for all you have done for us. You have filled our cups to overflowing. you have given us the greatest gift you could possibly have. You've given us yourself. You've, you've promised us the immeasurable gift of your love for us ever and ever. We thank you. We thank you. Fill us, Lord, with this, and may we live our lives overflowing with thankfulness and joy and praise to you. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.